You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, we're going to start today a little bit of an abbreviated shear. Uh, it's probably unfortunate because it's Purim coming up, and we're not going to be having any other shear before Purim. Because next week is Purim. Um, I dedicated, I, I found out uh, a number of days ago, actually, yes, I actually found out uh, two days ago uh, the death of my Rebbe, uh, my first uh, base Medrash Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Yaakov Mesher Pupko. It's a name that uh, Pupko is a very illustrious rabbinic name. Uh, they were connected to the family of the Chafetz Chaim and others. Uh, yeah, Rebbe Yaakov Moshe was my Rebbe when I was uh, 16 years old, my first year in Beis Medrash, the first year that I really, I guess, was devoting myself full-time to um, studying Torah all day um, in, a, in a serious fashion. Um, he introduced me in many ways to uh, the type of things I ended up doing uh, the rest of my life. And he did it in a way that was never condescending. He did it in a way that made me feel comfortable. Um, I think I'm going to need an internet connection here. Uh, what he was able to do, again, the, the shritas, as we saw last week, <laughs> so you, can not, you don't have to be worried about that. Let's see if we get it now. Um, he introduced me to... Um, he introduced me to the world of Machshava uh, when I was uh, when I was very young. I was just 16 years old, and he introduced me to the world of is it up there? The world of Rav Tzodik. I never knew what Rav Tzodik was when I was in Eretz Yisrael, Tzodik Akayim. But he uh, lent me his uh, copy of Tzitkas Hatzadik, and it was because of that that I was able to perhaps begin. Um, delving into things in a real way, and what I mean is in a way that was not just up in the air, but was really based on sources. Anybody who's, who has been involved in, this, in the Machshova of Rav I'm trying to get this to work, here we go. Anybody who's involved in the Machshova of Rav will know that Rav is very beloved by Hasidic and even now Hasidic circles. Um, Rav Yaakov Moshe introduced me to Rav uh, and as I said, he was a teacher, as you can see here, who applied the full gamut of our interpretive tradition to examine the most mythic and mystifying biblical Talmudic text. I took that actually from a review. <laughs> somebody uh, somebody uh, wrote a review on his shiur, uh, an author who was so impressed. Um, and he did actually do that. Uh, he actually was, he didn't back down from the scariest things. Uh, and he did it in a way that was brilliant and interesting. Uh, if we have time, I can show you a little bit, I don't know if we will, of some time towards the end, I can show you a little bit of a clip from YouTube where he says a beautiful part on Purim, Yaakov Moshe Pupko. His father was Baracharan Pupko from Pittsburgh. Again, he was a loving Rebbe, and the words uh, from uh, Mishle, which of course are the men and hay of Moshe, Marvadim Ostalo Sheshvar Gomon Levusha, normally we think about that in terms of a woman, right? That she makes. Marvadim, she makes these layered blankets, uh, and they're made out of these beautiful material. But we all know that when we sing Eishas Chayo, we're not just singing to our wives. We're not just singing to the idea of womanhood in general. Uh, we're singing to the idea of Shechina, the idea of Klal Yisrael's ability to channel the Rabbanu Shalom in such a uh, in such a way. 
the, if you take a look at, I just want to point out, you're just, uh, I think you might enjoy this as well. Um, the Mitsudas, David, you know, how many, again, I can, you know, do a little bit of, uh, we could do maybe a, a uh, how many people sing Aisha's Chayel or, or join in in Aisha's Chayel? Can we have a, we have a, a hands here? Uh, everybody, right? Everybody sings Aisha's Chayel. So, what does it mean? What does it mean when we say Verochet Mipninim Moch Mechro? What does that mean? What does it mean when we say that Aisha's Chayel is is Verochet Mipninim Mechro? What does that mean? So, let me get rid of this. Um, it means what? The what? The palace are delicious. Palace are delicious, right? That's what we think it means. Okay, I'm trying to get out of this. Let me see how I can escape this. Um, I can escape this. Um, so, what? Right, but what does that mean? So, the Mitzudah David actually says, and I want to try to show you, I found it this morning. It was so tsugapas. Can somebody help me get out of this side? Again, I hate ruining the shear here, but I'm trying to just. How can I get rid of this? Here, I'll do it. How can I look? Get, I, I, thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Um, if I can just show you for a minute here um, the Mitsudis on that Pusik. Mitsudis David, of course, was a Malakit. Um, he didn't necessarily learn everything himself, uh, he didn't actually invent it himself, but he did it. Um, he did it. He did a great job collecting uh, all the. Uh, and let me show you the Mitzvahs David on Mishlei. I just want to show you the Mitzvahs David on that pasuk, and it's incredible, really, how Marvada Mostaloshesh Ragam Levusha really is, is 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 a great lesson for us, especially on today's Zion Oder. Um, you know, we we take a look at today's Zion Oder, which of course is the uh, is the birthday and. I didn't. You know, I almost used the word ascension of Moshe Rabbeinu, but then when I googled ascension, I saw that it's particularly connected to um, Jesus. So, um, and I didn't want to do that. But it, but we definitely talk about um, his Mitzvahs David. So what I want to do is go to the Mitzvahs on Parak thirty-two, uh, thirty-one. I just want to show you what does it mean, Rochak Mitnina Machar. Ellie said it meant she makes good chalas. Let's take a look. Um, okay, it should be at the end here, a, a whole mushal. And he gives you the mushal here. Um, let's see. Well, basically, what he's, all right. Um, basically, what he says is like this. I, I see I don't really have it here. Um, what he says is like this, is that the nef- the Aishas Chayil is the Nefesh HaMaskelis. And it's the aspect that we have within us that allows us to navigate our bodies and our desires and for us to think. Um, it's, 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 it's crucial that we understand that we couldn't do it without our minds and how important a role our minds play. And yet, when we use our minds to uh, to strive in the service of God, we have to realize that it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost of other things. It comes at a cost of other uh, benefits that we could get. 
Um, and it comes with recognizing how great those things are. And that's the reason why we sacrifice for that. The seichel, in this sense, the seichel of... Here it is. Um, the seichel of... Which is the eishas chayo, which helps the husband, which helps the rest of us, which helps the body of man, which helps the emotions of man. The seichel is really crucial. It's crucial. And it, it allows us, if we use it properly, obviously to rise above animals, but actually to cleave to God. So the Eishas Chayil Miyimtza, where can we find anything like that? When a person sells, when a person sells jewels, well, think about it. You have something precious and you sell it. What does the seller get from the sale? Uh, person money. selling jewels, what does he get? He gets money, right? And what does the person get? Jewels. Jewels. But basically what you have is the, pers- the person is a transaction where the person loses those jewels. And he's decided that, that money is more important than jewels. Right? That's basically what happens. Now, um, right? let's see what I wanted was Mitsuda San Mishle. Right? But you, the jewels are gone. When it comes to here we go. when it comes to uh, the seicho, it's not like a jewel seller. Here we go. You take a look. Everybody can see here. Um, I don't know if you can see it all right, but it's up here. I'll read it. How, who can find a nefesh? That, can anyone? Can anybody see it up there? Yeah. Okay, who can see the nefesh hamaskelis? that actually gives so much to the human being. The truth is, as we can see, let's take a look here, if you take a look where my, where the cursor is. It's not like somebody who sells jewels. It's not like a jewel seller. Even though the jewel seller, the guy who sells jewels, the Cartier guy, does great things for people who want jewels. But when you teach Torah, when you teach wisdom, something so precious, in other words, it, it, it motivates you to the point that you want to give over to others, that you can't help but giving over to others, you can't help but sharing with others. Now, what do you gain from that? Well, the other person buys it. How does he buy it? He adds to you. He sells you back the wisdom he could have had in some other area, and you bond together. So by you sharing wisdom and teaching another person, both gave. If that's your lifestyle, to teach and give over and find intelligent people to speak with and to learn from, then you both people will gain from the interaction. It isn't just dog-eat-dog world. I gave you something, you gave me something back. And that's really what Eishas Chayil is according to this interpretation. Um, and if you take a look at, at the, uh, again, Kappa Parsala Oni, all these things are really Mishalim of how one needs to learn and interact with people. When I get to the Pasuk of Marvadim Ostalo, you take a look. Marvadim, Alki Hirbisa, Maisim Yishorim. Acts that are, that are upright and proper are very layered. It's very easy to write out a check, and that's it. it. It's much harder to really listen to someone and know how to guide them. They're layered. 
Marvadim Ostalo, Maisim Yishorim Venachochim, Tisadin Bideshan Bailamagmu, Marvadim Ostalo, Sheish Vargoman Lavusha. Those are the Maisim Tovim that being an intellectual thinker and searcher for truth, that's what happens. When you are that type of person, then your mice and tovim are much more layered. It isn't just that you give all your money away and then you live with nothing, but you actually think in a seichel, in a way of, of intelligence and seichel. Again, I don't want to overstate the fact because he died suddenly and it was a, it was a very big shock to the family, but I haven't been in touch with him in many years, but I can tell you how deeply it hit me. And the idea of, 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 of how this person was my, the person who inaugurated me into this world, and the world of Marvadim, it's a world of Maisim Tovim, but it's also a world of very layered and nuanced thought. And I think that takes us back to the subject for today, which is the Shushan Triangle, because it is indeed something that's very difficult to understand. If we take a look at the Megillah, we know that the Pusik tells us in the very beginning of the Megillah, excuse me? Pockets. Okay. The Pusik tells us in the very beginning of the Megillah that um, that when introduces when introduces Mordechai and Esther, let's take a look at the Psukim that introduced that, shall we? So let's go and browse there and take a look at the Psukim that introduced Mordechai and Esther. Um, we all know where that's from, of course. Let's take a look at Tanakh on our and let's take a look at Sefer Esther. This is Perak Bays and, and Esther. You would think it'd be up here, right? Here Mishlei <coughs> So that's Parak Bays of Esther. Everybody can, can everybody see the board okay, or should we make it a little larger? Can you see okay? That's fine. Okay. Um, so that the Pasuk says 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 that the Pasuk Omen means to nurse, right? It means to be like from the word emuna, just like a, a nurse and a mother. There's no greater connection, right? Because a nurse may will always, she feels the milk inside. The cry gets her body activated. She's emotionally and physically connected to her ward. That's the pasakir vahi omen es hadasa, that he had that relationship with this woman. He Esther, Bas Dodo. Okay, so Bas Dodo would seem to mean that she and Esther, he Esther and her, were first cousins. Okay, Ki Ein Lo she had no parents. Vanara Yifas Toar Vitevas and she was beautiful. Again, what this means exactly, how the beauty is, again, whether it's a beautiful face, a beautiful body, a beautiful form. Take it. You know, when you see someone good-looking, you know they're good-looking, okay? So Esther clearly was beautiful in that way. Mordechai took her, seemingly, as a daughter. Now, Chazal, the Gemara Megillah says, learns that, says that this really means that Mordechai married her. And Mordechai lived with her. But she wasn't just a, a cousin that he had Rachmanus on. And if you take a look at Chazal, and this again would be the type of question Rabbi Pukka would ask and my other Rabbi would ask, it really doesn't put Mordechai in such a great light, this Chazal. Because it says, why did he take her as a wife? 
Because it says, She was beautiful. And therefore, right? Again, it could have just said, it doesn't need to tell us how beautiful she is in this Pasuk. If the purpose of the Pasuk Hili is to tell us that he took care of Esther, it should say, and then he could tell us afterwards that she was beautiful, which explains why I should take it by No, it doesn't. Look at the Pusik. Again, I can I can bold the Pusik, I can make it larger. Let me let me you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna print it, and this way, once I print it, I can actually uh, bold it. So let me print this. And now once it's printed, it could actually uh, it could actually uh, become larger and you can see what I mean. Okay, so let's make it larger. Okay, can you see? That's where it should say, right? Why does it say, Right, so, but, right, but that would have been here. That's where it should say, he was, he had Rahmanus on her and married her. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Well, maybe he didn't have Rachman on her. Yeah. He married her because she was pretty. What's he the problem? With, but what's the problem with that? He took her. I didn't say there was a problem with it. What? Okay. But again, if, all right. But right. But that, the place to have done that is here. Right. And he took her as a wife. And it happens to be, you should know, reader, for the rest of the story, she was very beautiful. But it tells us about her beauty before it tells us that Mordechai married her. It could also right. be saying she was spiritually beautiful. Okay, good. Her. I'm just saying that it it opens up a little bit of a thought process. <coughs> if there's an answer, there's an answer. But, Chaz- but, but again, without Chazal's Messiah, you would say, hey, I better take care of this girl because I know what it's like to have a pretty daughter. I know. So it could be you have a pretty daughter, you want to take care of her and be like a, a older cousin. But, 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 but I, 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 number two, that's essential, essential to the whole Megillah. Chazal say. Chazal, right. But that, but, but that idea, you, we're, we're agreeing. But that idea, the way Chazal presented, that this is the, one of the sources that she was married to Mordecai, so this is one of the sources that indicates that the marriage was at least partially based on beauty. What's, Whether the, it was, what's the problem? Nothing, nothing. But it makes you think about what their relationship was, okay? Um, the other, let's go to Perig Gimel. Um, and Perig Gimel, as, one second, at the end of Perig Bays. At the end of Perig Bays, you can see here also, let's see if we can get in the larger. Okay, we know that um, Achashverosh takes her, and Chazals tell us something incredible. Chazal tell us that Ein Esther Magedus Melanotovas Amo, Kasher Tziva Lev Mordechai, Vesmaimer Mordechai Esther Osa, Kasher Hoisa Vaomna Ito. Chazal then tell us that we have this, the Pashup shot in the Pasuk is that Esther is, 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 is not telling her who she is and she's remembering the lessons of Mordechai and Mordechai of course is watching out for her. Chazal tell us that what is this Maimer Mordechai Esther Osa means? That she was actually uh, that she actually the Chazal says she was Tevelis May 
V'yachar kach yosheves Befeigoy shal mordechai So Chazal tell us that she actually did she was, what does it mean by Omni Ito? That she kept that relationship. Chazal set up the idea that they had a conjugal relationship. And then Chazal go further to say that she kept that conjugal relationship even when she'd already been made queen and she was living in the palace. Chazal insert that into the words here. Because Omen isn't so much I'm taking care of you as a, a little child. It's also the, the relationship of husband and wife. And Chazal say it very clearly that she was toiveles, that she would live, she would be in the chek of Achashverosh, the embrace of Achashverosh. Then she would go to the mikvah and go into the embrace of Mordechai. Again, so what are Chazal telling us? Uh, Chazal seem to be saying that Esther was kept up this relationship. Chazal, you say, you're right, it's a remez. But Chazal want us to know that it isn't just an interesting curiosity of the fact of Esther, but it's actually something she was clear to her. She had to keep that relationship, which means a lot of strange things. We know that when she lived with Achashverosh, she was living with a non-Jew, right? And yet, she continued living with a Jew afterwards, her husband. Because he wasn't a Kohen, it's okay. Huh? You're right, because he wasn't a Kohen. So David is saying, David's saying she was an Ones. But again, the fact is that, in fact, if we go to uh, if we go to Paragimel of the if we go to Paragimel of the Megillah, I'm sorry, Parag Dalit of the Megillah, we find another Pasuk uh, the Chazal, and this is a very famous one. So this is this is the most essential dynamic between Mordechai and uh, and Esther in the Megillah. I'm going to just make it larger. I, I'm pressing print so I can make it as large as possible. Okay. As we know, this is where Mordechai and Esther clash. Up until now, Esther has been sort of Mordechai's spy. She's doing what Mordechai said. But we know the years that have passed, however long it's been, she's become a little more comfortable in this role. And when Mordechai hears about the plot against the Jews, Mordechai creates a, a citywide uh, a citywide tshuva movement or at least that everybody should realize terror is happening. He dresses in a, in a very extreme fashion, and, he, and, 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 and this seems to be replicated wherever Jews are. Vatavona naris ester v'serisev yagidolov v'teschauchel amalkama od. The esters, sir, at the girls that helped Esther out, heard about this. Look at this language. Esther was meschauchel hamalkama od. She she was completely. Uh, moved to the point that she was almost became ill. There's a number of opinions in, in the Medrash. Some say, of course, that she, she actually miscarried at that point. And there's a question as to who the miscarriage was. It might have been, was it Mordecai's child? Was it Haman's child? Tosas actually asked the question. Tos, I'm sorry, Ahasuerus' uh, child. Tosas actually asked the question, how could Esther, you want to say it's an ones, but Esther is, 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 is violating one of the cardinal principles of Judaism, which is we want to keep the patrimony clear. And that's why when a woman divorces or a woman uh, becomes a widow, she needs to wait a number of months. So Tosu says, you're right, David, there was an onus. But living with Mordechai creates the possibility that, that we're not going to know who the child is if she becomes pregnant. right? And it might be, well, the child will be Jewish no matter what, but the child is either a Mordechai son or an Achashverosh son. 
Uh, so Chazal actually tell interestingly that 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 she actually was pregnant at the time, and but the means she actually she, as anyone again I've I've lived through it so I can tell you I, I haven't actually had the miscarriage but I've lived with women who have had my wife a number of miscarriages so I can tell you that it's a very terrible thing when it occurs it is a shocking overwhelming almost. It, it, it's a, it, it is a painful, intimate thing. And Chazal are telling us that that's what the Torah, the, the, the Pusik is, is hinting to. Okay, so she's lost the child. Uh, but, but, but she's motivated to say, Mordechai, what are you doing? This is also as a, as a result of Mordechai wearing sack the Aether. Oh, so you, in other words, there's a tragedy on the right day. Right. There's a tragedy. No, Mordechai wouldn't be doing this. Something terrible has happened, uh-huh. and that's affected Esther okay. on an organic level. Okay? So Mordechai sends through Hasoch the story. This is the first time, by the way, we have a dialogue between these two heroes. And it happens through a third party. This is the first time they're talking together. We've heard about them, but as I've told you a number of times, uh, I've had my students, and you know what I'm talking about. I didn't get this from Rabbi Pupko. It's really an idea that I, I developed on my own, which maybe he helped me think in, the, in that fashion, that where the Torah, where the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ksuvim, gives us dialogue, that dialogue is crucial. It tells us a lot about the relationship. Torah could, the, 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 any safer can be written in narrative. You could have a third person write any safer, and it would basically do the same. We're not going to get all the dialogue the characters have anyway. So whatever dialogue the author decides is worthy of inserting, tells us something about the essence of that character. I hope I'm making myself clear about that. Again, whether it's Moshe, whether it's Avramavino, whether it's Sarimeno, the Torah zeroes in on snippets of dialogue, and it actually tells us the words they said. This is the first time, although we know that there's a background between them, that Torah actually tells us their discussion. So here it is. I understand, though. Why are they... Why did she have such an extreme reaction just to him wearing sackcloth? Like... I mean, could have been any number of things. And I think also so because I think also because of his screaming, right? It was it was the sackcloth, and also it was the fact that that was that was prefaced by a, a complete overwhelming state of mourning. Something uh, had to be going on. So something's yeah. happening, which 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 of course Esther feels for Claudius Israel, right? And that's why when when you're upset, you're upset. To the, to the ultimate. What does she say? She says, okay, so here's the first words of Mordechai. Uh, call, okay. Um, first Esther says to Mordechai, Kol Abdi Amelech Vahamadinos Amelech Yodim, Asher Kol Ish Vahisha Asher Yovolo Amelech El Chotzer Apnimis Asher Lo Yikare Ochis Dosolohomis. In other words, you want me, basically, what did Mordechai want? Mordechai wanted her to go to Achashverosh. What does that mean? <coughs> Let's be frank. What does that mean? To be ready to sleep with him again. To actually willfully go in to sleep with him in order to curse his favor. Because men will do almost anything when you've got them in a sensual way. And, she, and Mordechai knows that. Mordechai needs something crucial from Achashverosh, and he tells, Hama, he tells Esther she must do it. Right? What is Esther's answer? Esther's answer is, I can't do that. Because the truth is, as much as he loves me, there's a hierarchy here. And if I go without permission, anybody goes without permission to his private chambers, wherever he is, he gets killed. 
Now it's true, the Melech might decide, well, I like this person. But you know what? I'm taking a risk. Again, we talk about uh, the meat, we talk about the way they live there. <laughs> Going into the king without you talk about uh, a male dominated society, right? He says, I haven't okay. So Mordechai says, Al Tadami ben These are the first words of Mordechai to Esther. Don't think, don't imagine that there's going to be this Xayra and you're going to live. Because you're right, you're taking a chance. But don't believe that this you'll survive and the Jews won't. Because if you're going to be silent, there's going to be a hot solo from another place. And the truth is, is that God will punish you. And that might be me too. But we're, but we're going to be forgotten. This is the whole reason why perhaps God arranged things for you to be taken and for you to be in this place. So of course Esther makes her proclamation and, it, and she says again, everybody of course needs to fast, uh, not to eat or drink for three days. But here's the part where Chazal tell us again about the triangle. Okay. What was she trying to say there? We are we know she's already told us that she's taking her life in her hand. She says, I'll do it. But okay, I have to die, I'll die. Right? Why is that necessary for us to hear? She's talking about she's going Baratz and so her thing with Mordechai. Oh, okay, good. So Chazal say that it isn't just her trying to say, I'm going to die. Chazal, these words are crucial because they have a relationship. And Kasher Avadati, in other words, when I go now, I'm going to be lost from my family, lost Avadati, I'm going to be lost from you. In other words, now, as Chaim Dovid said, he quotes it on the Pasuk, that the same way, right? You can see Rashi on the Pasuk right there. Um, because she isn't being called. Because she isn't being she called. She's doing right. it herself. So as, as, you, as, as you can see from the Rashi right there, and this is, Rashi is based on the Chazal, and I'm going to show it to you larger a little bit. Let's do it one more time. Again, when you're not feeling well, you, you work very slow, and I'm sorry. But let's uh, I keep on doing the same thing over again. I want to show you the Rashi. That's the Pashup Shat. Even though I'm trying to save the Jewish people, I'm trying to set Achashverosh up, and that's what I'm trying to do, and I'm doing it for the sake of Kal Yisrael, but at the end of the day, that's called willful. And since it's willful submission to the sexual relations outside of the marriage I have with you, we're going to be, from this point on, I am usher to you. So that's Chazal are telling us. And she does that. And the Chazal, are, are, the, the, the Navi isn't graphic in its description, but according to Chazal, we can assume that that was the end of the relationship. She went in to Achashverosh, and again, the, 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 the Pusik describes it in very clean terms. He just extends the, the Shavit Azov. But, but clearly, Chazal are seeing another story. Chazal are seeing that that came on the heels of a sexual encounter. Achashverosh's good mood to say, what do you want, Esther? I'm willing... I'll, I'll give you what took half of the kingdom. That came because she submitted herself. And that submission, of course severed her connection to Mordechai 
that she can never go back. That's Chazal's backstory. Now, what do we gain from that? If anything, it sounds a little bit, and some of you are looking away. I'm looking around the room. Some of you are uncomfortable with this. But it's, I'm not making it up. I'm, this is not Kivalevich's patent place version of Megillah Esther. This is Chazal's version of Megillah Esther based on looking at the Psukim. That's a, another aspect of the story. They're enriching and deepening the story. What were Chazal after here? Because it would seem that maybe this is, you know, okay, a lot of times, especially when I'm not feeling well, I'll say things off the cuff, but I'll tell you that I, I'm very close to Tambidim of Ramesha Feinstein. I grew up uh, with Rev. Nota Greenblatt uh, and Rev. Ephraim Greenblatt as my teacher for five years. Both of these men, I didn't, I, I, again, I grew up in little Memphis, Tennessee, but I was hearing about Rev. Feinstein, and he, of course, was named after Moshe Rabbeinu because he was born on Zion Oder. Those of you that remember the year of his death might remember that we all were scared on Zion Oder because we knew there was that was the tzaddik and the Paisik Ador. And Akadosh Baruch Hu is Mamalish, they say in Shal Tzadikim. Do you remember what it was like? <coughs> we all were scared on Zion Oder. We davened so hard because we figured if, 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 Moshe, if, if Moshe Feinstein could live through that Zion Oder, it was in 1985, right? 1985. If Moshe Feinstein would live past that Zion Oder, he'd definitely get another year because Akadosh Baruch Hu would be Mamalish and Oisav. And he, unfortunately, for the door that has been so, uh, so quiet till now, so small, so insignificant since his passing, he died six days later on Tainus Esther that year. And uh, Baruch Hashem, I, 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 when I, the schools that I've taught in, I, I, I arranged on Tainus Esther appreciation of Moshe Feinstein Day because it's a, it's a day of bittel taira in a lot of places. A day to hear about the greatness of Moshe. Zion Oder was his birthday, and he was Nifter on Titus Esther. It's a half a day. On, on the 13th of Oder, many times people are fasting. No, on Yudimel Oder. In many of the schools that I've worked in, Yanki, I pushed that we should bring in students of Ramesha to tell the Talmud who Ramesha Feinstein was. We should maybe try to do that here, too. But the point is, is that my Rebbeim were students of Ramesha. It's true, Rabbi Kupko, I eventually became a student of. But growing up, I always heard from the students of Ramesha. And they told me that the one of the volumes, that the volume Dalid of Archaim, which has a lot of these type of questions, which was under the editorship of, of, of Mati Tendler, Mordechai Tendler, probably they should have edited out many of those Jews there. Not everything. This is what the Talmidim of Ramesha told me. Forget about the fact that some of the later chuvas are suspect in their eyes. That maybe they aren't exactly from Revelation. I'll talk about that a different year. But they told me not everything that's true needs to be printed. Not every chuva from a gun needs to be to see the light of day. There are certain things that might be true in Kabbalah, but that doesn't mean you're mafars in that. You have to weigh. So I'm going to ask again here. This might be true, what we're saying about the triangle between... Mordechai, Esther, and Achashverosh. And Chazal might have known that to be true. But what did they gain, the average reader? It might have been something left better unsaid. Right? It definitely would make, right? What, clearly there's a depth here that we're missing. So, <laughs> I turn, in, in this sense, uh, to the Maral and the Zohar. 
The Zohar says, and I, I want to show you the Zohar, which is even more strange. Um, let me find the Zohar, please. Um, the Zohar says that the triangle was accomplished because it really wasn't Esther. <coughs> I mentioned this to Yossi last week. Uh, Yossi was just like, I'm sure you're going to want to talk about this, but I wasn't feeling but okay, but I think it's still worthwhile. Here's the, here's the Zohar, quoted by the Fidoh. The Zohar is in Rei Mehemna. It's the Rei Mehemna, okay. Let's tell you what the Zohar is a little bit. But the Rei Mehemna is the part of the Zohar that explains the mitzvahs in a mystical way. There's, if you look in a Zohar Kodesh, you'll see there's two parts. There's the regular biurim on the psukim, and then there's biurim on the mitzvahs. So the same way, you could actually just take the Rei Mehemna, which is the the, the Nemon friend. Rei is the, not the friend, the uh, shepherd. The shepherd that is, that is a true shepherd through the mitzvahs. So it says in the Rei Nehemna, V'yov Sheda ba'asra, that basically since Esther had the Shechina within her, the Shechina was in Esther. The Shechina, we talked about Eishasayel before. Esther was an embodiment of the idea of Shechina. She had the Shechina within her. And therefore, V'yov Sheda ba'asra, she actually sent uh, a ghost, a demon, a demon image of her in her place. V'yishadris he bedroya de Mordechai. And then she went back to Mordechai. So the Zohar is telling us that it wasn't that Esther herself went from both, but she was able to... And, and Mordechai, how did she do this? Mordechai helped her. Mordechai davi yoda shema mefeirish v'shivim loshayim ovid kol da Mordechai helped create this shade. Mordechai helped create this demonic... The golden... D- d- demonic, uh, what's it called again? A doppelganger? A doppelganger of, of 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 Esther, right? This homunculus. What's homunculus? Eric was here; he would be able to help me with this. Homunculus, the this this image that walked like a human being, acted like a human being, the clone that did everything like a human being. But then, therefore, why couldn't Esther just send the clone in when it was time to get Achashverosh on her side for the sake of the Jews? So, the Zohar says. Because the clone couldn't talk like Esther. The clone, the, the, the demonic aspect of her, wasn't able to speak like Esther. And since the clone could definitely do, could, could, could be involved physically like Esther, could mimic Esther's unique physical traits, but she was, that clone was not able to speak like Esther. Therefore, it has to be Esther herself that goes. This probably, time, probably not at all, because on the goal, the call we have the X files. Did somebody just have the X files come up? <laughs> right? Did somebody just press the X files? It definitely sounds like something from the X files, but it's in the Zohar, right? What do you want to say? Uh, what did you say, Mark? In general, the call Hadibur only comes from some, something with the Shama. Ah, very good. In other words, the Kayach Hadibur, which was especially the Dibur of Esther. Now, the Arizal actually deepens this idea. Take a look. The Chidok quotes the Ari. Da Hasheda Hazu Hoya Hara Sheba. So who was this till now? What? Excuse me? So who was this till now? So up until now, the Zohar says there was a Sheda. In other words, she created Mordechai and her created this Sheda. No, no, that's the Zohar. The Arizal explains that the Zohar, usually the Arizal takes the Zohar into the stratosphere. Here, the Arizal actually takes the Zohar down here. 
Normally, the Arizal, the Gili of the Yitzchak Luria, gives us Kabbalah that we don't. You can learn the Zohar and you can get the Sansino, a bad translation, and think you know it. And the Arizal takes us levels beyond. Here, what the Arizal does is say that no, she didn't. They didn't create this demon. That was part of Esther. That was a Ra that was in Esther. She was able to actually separate that part of herself. Now this is already something different now. We know that Megillah's Esther is the, is the safer that's never going to be bought. Right? Um, and Rabbi Pupko who I mentioned in length before, explained. The reason is, is because we get to understand God in a way that's completely different than any other way. The other holidays, the way we understand God is through miraculous intervention. That's obvious. Well, we're expecting another great miraculous intervention, which will be the Geula Asida. In that time, those Yom and Tov and the Gemara tells us were pale in comparison. Why were they pale? I don't know if there's going to be splitting of the sea. I don't know if there's going to be ten plagues. But the idea of God running the world and sending, setting us as central in that narrative, and that everything has been to bring God's glory into the world, will be so clear that the other miracles of, the, of speaking to us at Sinai, <coughs> taking us out of Mitzrayim, taking care of a people for 40 years is going to be just more of the same. And therefore, it's almost like, as Rabbi Pupko gave the Moshe, you have a bunch of people that are stuck, and this is from Rabbi Pupko, you have a bunch of people that are stuck in a room, and it's dark. Imagine that it would be, imagine we were total strangers in this room. And what happened was, is that it was completely dark, and we never got a chance to know each other. And it was so dark, these shades were down, terrible darkness. Now, what can we do? Well, one thing we can do is get to know each other. We separate a little bit from each other, and we talk. And David says, my name is David Ellis. He has a certain type of voice, and we get to know him. The mayor says, oh, I'm the mayor. And he says a certain type of voice. Yankee says, and even though we don't see each other, we get to know each other by their voices and by even the grunts that they might make, uh, by a certain tone. And in a way, that's a way to know them. <clears throat> Of course, we can do something else, which is we get Jeff Blank, oh, and we right. get to find the switch that's off, and we turn the lights on, and now we see everybody. The problem is, as Rav Huttner and Rabbi Pupko explained, <laughs> that when we do that, we could have just waited a couple of hours. When the sun comes up, true, Jeff Blank gave us some light, but that's nothing compared to the natural sunlight that would envelop us. When that natural sunlight envelops us, what happens is is that we see each other even much clearer than we saw each other in the, even when that light was on. But listen, but let's say we don't turn the light. <coughs> we get to know each other in an intimate, interesting way that's essential even after the lights come on, even after the Gehuva, where we're all going to know that everything was God's plan. There's going to be an intimate knowledge of God that we had and of each other that was established. That's the idea of why the mess is never, why Purim is still significant. And therefore, this is significant for us because Esther, Mordechai represent us. They represent the ability for us to function in a world that's sometimes very anti our morals and our ideals. A world yet that we have to be part of. 
a world that we need to intersect with and bond with and sometimes become one with. Now, if we are not able to realize how to do this, we have to realize that we developed, Ra developed within us as well. Amalek, really, as the Vilna Gaon tells us, was able, just like a, 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 bi- a microbe, to get into our system. And Amalek is within us. We still have that aspect of Ra within us. And the fact that Esther was able, through Mordechai's help, to together separate that and compartmentalize herself. So in a way, she was still living in her mind, essentially, with Mordechai. The morale explains that it says she was Yosheves Becheiko, but it could have been mentally. She knew she was still with Mordechai. She knew it was crucial for us to see that Esther really has both aspects. She has the internal, complete, holy, pure Jewish woman, who is the ideal of Jewish womanhood. Mordechai and Esther as this incredible team, and that's where her mind is in many ways. On the other hand, she was also, it was necessary, because of the forced situation that was replicated in our history. The forced, the onus of Esther being taken is the, is, is, is the arch uh, of Titus, of those images of, 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 of Golis that have occurred with us. The idea of how the Jewish people have been expelled, the idea of how the Jewish people have been trampled and taken and lived like Maranos, all of that is really the, the marshal of Esther being taken. And the same way, we just didn't, we didn't disappear, but we actually became Nobel Prize winners and we became advisors and economists. In the same way, we have been essential for the fruition and growth of that greater culture, the same way, in the way almost what kept that culture going. And yet, what we needed to realize is that we have to have both aspects. We have to be ba'omneito. We sometimes have to be able to recognize that Ra, that's part of us, will find an affinity. Up until the time that we come to the Yemesa Mashiach, we'll be able to destroy that. But that affinity is there, and yet there's a purity, the purity of speech, and the purity of what we're about, that comes from um, that comes from our internal strength. So in a way, that's really the metaphor, I believe, for Mordecai and Esther and Achishverosh. And that's why Chazal, in a way, are making, are forcing us to think deeply about the significance of the book. They're making it, see, again, Esther represents Shechina, Esther's first words in the Megillah are cold. Everything. She represents the idea of the inner dwelling of God. I'll finish with one part from the Shlach Kodesh. The Shlach Kodesh says that, every, that it, it's, it's not happenstance that we read the parsha of Ashros Ashkina of the Mishkan during Purim time. Every single year, except when it's in Ibriyor, uh, we basically read about Ashros Ashkina, about the Mishkan. Strange. People have a hard time connecting the Purim story with the details of how you make the Kalim or the Vagadim to be Samikdash, right? It seems. However, the, the, the Shua says we need to focus in such a way. Sharim tried to explain this a little bit deeper. He said, even the name Otter is about Dira. It's about Dira Betachtoina. It's about how Aleph is Dor. The Alufu Shaloilo, the Aleph of Odor, how it's Dor within us. And that means not just an Eretz Yisroel of Pitahara, the Kedusha, but it means how we have God's presence within us despite everything else around us. And that's 
in a way, the message of Purim, the message of how we have a Netzach. And that relationship is going to be, at the end, something that was worthwhile. It's something just like when we were in the room and we recognized <coughs> each other. It was a unique, human, specific perspective that only happens because of the darkness. All right. Take care, Rabbi Yisai. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.